Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, July 14, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We've got a lot to talk about today. There's a couple of things that did develop today. There's a couple of things that can develop over the next couple of days. We're going to go through both sides of the tape. We're going to talk about one of the looming things from a bear case perspective that has not happened yet. We'll get to that in a few moments. Let's talk about the things that are jumping off the page on the daily chart, and we'll go on from there. So today we had a gap down, and they ran a test of another important spot. So we talk about the last breakup or breakdown candle in the sequence. So getting below these lows open the door for a test just like that. Let me show you what I mean. The low in this candle, this is from 622, June 22nd. The low in the candle is 370.18. What inside the numbers members heard today and yesterday and the day before, whenever it was appropriate, they heard that getting below a certain number was opening the door for a test of the big fat round number or in the neighborhood slash the vicinity. So as a result, today's low was 371.04, so they never got into the 370s, and you'll notice later when we go inside the numbers, after the first trade, which was a success, we were looking for around 370.50, give or take, to buy the market again, They ended up coming up short of that and reversing on the day, finishing not at but near the highs, still below the 20-period moving average. However, the intraday reversal to almost get to what was a shenanigans tail candle created sometime this morning put the market up at, and you'll see the high of day, 379.05. Why is that significant or important? Because when you go down to an intraday chart, you'll notice the high of day was around 378.57. Now, while we're here, let's check out something else because this is also significant and represents a learning opportunity. Here's an hourly chart. This line represents 378.86, which was yesterday's closing price. Okay, fair enough. Let's blow it up a little bit, look at a five-minute chart. Now, they did not get to close the gap. They didn't get all the way to 378.86, let alone the shenanigans tail candle created this morning. So what they did was came close, but they essentially ate time off the clock in a bullish, flaggish kind of formation underneath both those things, A, the gap, and B, the shenanigans tail candle. So when they do that, More often than not, nothing's a guarantee in the market or in life itself, but more often than not, when they do that, they're really indicating that that's not the destination, meaning closing of the gap. That wasn't the objective. The objective is likely higher. So when they pull up short and go sideways underneath an important price, they're usually telling you that they're building energy for another move higher, higher than that particular price. Not that it won't be or can't be overhead resistance, reject price from an intraday perspective a little bit. However, when they do this kind of thing, the probabilities are, and this is a probability business, the probabilities are that they're actually building energy to go somewhere else. 
This was, and I'll reiterate one more time for the hundredth time, this was options expiration week. It's still going on. And all we need to know is, quote, unquote, weird stuff happens. For example, another opportunity to kill the tape, get below the big fat round number, go back down to fill the gap down here around 365 and change. With the market gapping down, everything red at the opening bell, they certainly had enough participants to get the market going in the downward direction if that was really the objective. Otherwise, they're just running a test of somewhere, a normal garden variety retracement, sucking in the weak hands who were shorting the market in the hole this morning, only to reverse the tape and finish near the highs of the day. And here's the irony of the thing. It's not even irony. It's just, here's the thing. I went on to do a Q&A session for Inside the Numbers Live in the room today, and we talked about this very thing happening around 10.30, 10.45 in the morning. I said, don't be surprised if they finish in the green today. Well, they didn't finish in the green, but they could have. They had the opportunity to. They certainly had a nice rally. And when you see the notes from Inside the Numbers, you'll see that it wasn't out of the question that they were going to rally the tape. We're looking at the weekly chart, and at the onset of the video, I said, we're going to talk about something they haven't done yet, which coincides with or is married to the bear case. Now, here's the thing. They never really had a good solid low. So they made a low at an important number. That's true, 365, a little bit below that. They never got to the 200 period moving average on the weekly chart, and they certainly never had what we call capitulation volume, which is usually indicative of some kind of, at minimum, of an interim low. So here's the situation. If you want to look at bigger volume, capitulation volume, look down here from the uh, pandemic low, if you will, March of 2020, look what they had. They had tremendous volume. This is a weekly chart, and you see the volume all the way up here at 1.5 billion shares for the week. Our low this time around was about 650 million shares, one-third of the last capitulation low type volume. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I'm not expecting two things. A, I'm not expecting that low to hold from a long-term perspective. So the answer to the question that I get asked all the time is, do I expect the market to have another low or is this going to be a low? And I'll reiterate one more time, it's not a low from where I sit. It's a short-term low. It's an interim low. It can certainly produce a rally from this point forward still, but we should see lower lows later. Now, the second thing is, I don't expect, this is the second thing I don't expect, I don't expect a new low right now. Just because I don't expect it doesn't mean it can't happen. I'm aware of both sides of the tape at all times, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. And if they get below, for example, this breakup candle low, coincidentally, 370.18, we were focused on the big fat round number today. There's no accidents or coincidences. That's where it came from. If they start getting below that on daily closes and then certainly a weekly close, then I'm going to change my tune. But they haven't done that yet. So therefore, I'm singing the same tune. Inside the numbers. What we're going to do is run through the commentary. I'm going to point out a handful of significant items. What I urge you to do is pause the video from time to time as I scroll up, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. 
wake up red and below 375. We know from yesterday and other times, 375 is a line in the sand. Get below 375, and they're going to open the door for 372.50 to 373. We'll focus on 372.50 because that's the number you're going to see come up later in the notes after the opening bell. This is the first blush stuff, the zero dark 30 stuff. This is the broader stroke. So what we said here is, since the Bears are in town, let's discuss where they have appointments. And that basically was 372, and then if below, goes down to what? About the big fat round number of 370. And that's a give or take. The take was a whole dollar today. I was looking for 370.50, give or take. Now, here's the interesting thing. Think about this for a moment. Think about what I said before, and then pay attention to what's later in the notes, and think about what the market did. The rescue. It is conceivable to have a rescue operation back-to-back, meaning yesterday and today, and that's precisely what happened. Anything goes, but we're not counting on it until we see it. We'll know it when we see it as they would be getting a back above 375 on candle closes for starters, taking a look at the visual right of the vertical is today's activity, and 375 is now the horizontal line, and what happened? They got above it, and they failed, but that was basically a pullback. That's not a failure. That's a test and a pullback. It's a higher low. That tells you that when they go up again, if they can get above one more time and close above, that's going to likely be it, and they're going to push higher. So if you know about 375 and you know it's important and you know they recapture it, how much meat on the bone was there back to the upside all the way up here? Well, when you just do some quick math from 375 to let's just call it 378 for argument's sake is 30 S&P handles. There are trades in there. We're moving along. Let's see what we have as we get closer to the opening bell. Similar to yesterday, regardless of how low they go out of the gate, within reason, they'll fight back to get above 375. Five-minute chart, the visual again. Regardless of how low they go out of the gate, they'll fight to get back to 375. I would think a trader could benefit from knowing that information. Whether or not they can sustain it remains to be seen. We know what happened. First, they run a test, they pull back, and then they go back up again and stay there. 375 or slightly above will be magnetic and overhead resistance until they can at least close candles above. Now think about this for a moment. I'm laying out the schematic before the opening bell. Now think about what happened during the trading day. Pretty much everything. 372.50 is important on the other side. Give or take, it's an area the bull should play defense and bounce the tape back up. Now, this is for the early going seller above 375 in terms of resistance and buyer around 372.50 is the early thing for the morning rush, early schematic. 372.50 is now your line. That was the buy area, a spike of it, give or take. They go down to 371. Traders know, and you'll see later in the notes, that I was certainly another willing buyer down at 371.50, but first, they gave the trade, which you'll see in a few moments, at 372.50. We're moving along. So right after the opening bell, no change. 372.50, give or take, is a buy for a bounce. Then we had a nice trade in JPM. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. SPY is in showtime zone. 
Spiking is normal, should bounce back. They did. 373.25 is a target and overhead resistance when they bounce. If no bounce, they head toward the big fat round number 370, and it's another buy in front of it. And then here comes the initial bounce. They did that. Over here was the initial bounce. The high was 373.50 against 373 and a quarter off the buy. Now, it doesn't look like much, but right out of the gate in the morning, that's a great scalp trade, 789 S&P handles, whatever you got. That's fantastic when you're just getting started. And by the way, already had a JPM trade in the pocket. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Then we start in with the granular stuff. The short-term stuff is the gateway 371.74 to a push lower toward 370, but likely not all the way there. I was pretty intent that they weren't going to get there. Above 373 and a quarter is the gateway to some other numbers up north. They were always going to get back to 375. And we already had a trade in the pocket. If the SPY breaks the lows, I'll be a buyer again around 370.50 and lower. So you see what's going on here. You know what the market did. Nice trading crude. We'll get back to that later. But you know, the whole schematic was laid out really before the opening bell. So everything forward that follows pretty much the schematic. You saw what the market did. Everything was laid out not only before the opening bell, after the opening bell, and throughout the trading day. This is your tour guide information. If you're active or would like to be active trading the S&P 500 or any of the vehicles that track the S&P options, leveraged exchange traded funds, the ES contract, the micro futures contract, whatever it is, this is your ticket to understanding not only what the numbers are, but what the market's doing, getting to numbers, can they get over certain numbers? Once you know this information, and you stick this stuff on your chart. You have a better idea of what's going on. You have a different comfort level when you see that it works the majority of the time. Therefore, you're able to stay in the trades rather than taking a two-point gain and watching it go up 12 because you got nervous because they bounced around for a while. When you know the numbers, you have a different confidence level. It allows you to stay in the trade. That was what they call a little bit of a soapbox. How about stocks on the move? Look at this list. I could barely fit it on the screen. We had a tremendous list this morning. It's earnings season. Remember what I said. They're going to come fast and furious for a long time, several weeks. We had nine on the board. We're going to go over the ones we're not going to look at, which is Morgan Stanley, Cisco. They did not hit their numbers, and Freeport Mac did not hit its number. The other ones, we're going to take a look at the charts. Penn National Gaming. So they come down and they bounce away, a nice, big, healthy bounce. So therefore, that technically takes the first level or price off the table. We're interested in the second. They cut through the first like a hot knife through butter after the bounce. 28.57 was the second one. Guess what? That was the number today. It worked. They spiked it. They reversed back in the other direction, provided the minimum required base hit, more like a stand-up Double. EOG Resources. Check this one out. Opening print today, 94.69. Below the first number. What happens? First number's off the board. Second number is activated. What do they do? They come into the second number, turn around, go back up in the other direction. And what do we say? Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. BHP. Now check this one out. Opened on the number, 4801. 
Some traders take them when they open on the number. Other traders don't. It's a trader's choice. It certainly is higher risk. They could open on the number and drop. This one dropped a little bit, 50 cents, turned around, went back up in the other direction. They really didn't do the entire thing. Can make a case they got within shooting distance of the minimum required base hit, within pennies, we'll call it a base hit. It certainly wasn't an exciting trade, but a base hit nonetheless. It's like one of those squibbers in the infield that you beat out. Rio Tinto opened below the first number. It's off the board, never got to the second. Bounced around, kind of hung around for a cup of coffee all day down there. This one was a no trade. How's JP Morgan doing? 106.21 was the number after the haircut at the opening bell. They hit it, spiked it by a few pennies, turned around, went back in the other direction. Nice trade. Base hitch put you in the Hall of Fame. A lot of traders look at this first candle and it really extends from yesterday's close all the way down here and they say, holy shit, that's a falling knife. How the hell can you pick a number and buy that? I say they're headed for a destination. The quicker they get there, the more confidence I have in the destination. Everybody looks at every situation different, which is precisely what makes a market. How about crude oil today? Getting walloped this morning? 70.54 in USO, 69.75 was the backup number. They hit them, turned around, went back in the other direction, finished near the highs of day. Now, here's an interesting one. So I have some traders that certainly trade crude futures contracts. So what this one was worth, and futures are worth $1,000 a contract. So if they're taking two contracts or three contracts or even one contract or any number that they take, it's a thousand bucks a contract. They were up four, five dollars from the low, whatever it was. That's a tremendous intraday turnaround, tremendous intraday trade in crude. In terms of the USO for stocks on the move, not only was a stand up double, we went into third head first, safe. Nice day in the commentary in terms of the SPY. Nice day for stocks on the move. Nice day. What's going on over in Camp IWM? It's all the same market, same routine. Made a low, ran a test of its last breakup candle low in the sequence. 166.73 was that low. Low today, 167. That's within shooting distance. They're reversed, finished near the high of day. That's a positive development. Now, if they whack them again and they get below today's low or this low here, then it's going to open the door for the lows. But that's not what they're doing at present. We take the market at face value. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, they ran a test one more time at the 12.8 price. That's why I kept it on the board. We talked about it last night. Finished near the highs of day. Is this another reversal? They have a tremendous amount of work to do. However, they should be able to work their way back to 13.2 if it's any good at all. From a weekly chart perspective, this is screaming, send me lower into the 200 period moving average. Doesn't mean they'll do it right now. They could rally up to run a test of the breakdown candle high into these moving averages and then collapse back down and trade right through the 200 period moving average. That's plan B on the table if they don't fall right now. How about the Q people? How about finishing in positive territory? How about putting that on a sticky note? That's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. You have to take notice, and we'll take notice of something else in a moment. You have to take notice when certain things have relative strength. 
They weren't selling, but they were buying some risk assets today. Take notice of that. It may or may not be a fake-out operation. That may be a real operation. We'll see. On the flip side, somewhat of a shit show in the financials today, while they finished off the lows of the day by a lot, they still finished down 2% on the day. Again, put that on a sticky note. That's on the bare side of the ledger. You have to take heed in that. You have to notice it. It's a puzzle piece. It's also on the table. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes, and we look at each market and treat each market independent of one another. The financials are important. And yes, there were earnings out today. And yes, that impacts the financials. And yes, some of the bank stocks were down. Sure, doesn't matter what the reasons were, what the storyline is behind the move. Makes no difference. Price is the absolute arbiter. This was the other thing I was talking about. They were buying risk assets in the SMH as well as elsewhere in the tech space. Up 4 bucks, 2%. Again, we talked about this for the last few nights. They were making a bullish pattern and they were doing it underneath the 20-period moving average. They had a dip yesterday. They didn't fill the gap. They reversed. We talked about that scenario. And here they are, up 4 bucks from yesterday. Don't be surprised to see other stuff follow suit. Weird stuff happens during options expiration week. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.